what I always say when I'm talking about Ugh, I would have walked into this. Dying is dying and death is death, baby. <laughs> Hi! Welcome to the show, Deadbeat. <laughs> I'm Maggie Crane. I'm Claire Martin. And we're here in a really state-of-the-art studio in Claire's basement in Ridgewood, Queens. Uh, we all, we had to turn off the air conditioning, so Lord <laughs> knows. And we're also drinking, so it's like, the drunker we get, we're also going to get sweaty. We're talking about death, and it's going to be... Clammy? <laughs> Clammy, yep. That's perfect. Yep. How are you, Claire? I'm good. That's good. Did you know that's an old coal chute in our state-of-the-art studio? What? That's definitely haunted as hell. Yep. That's going to be great for when we do our episode about where we're going to do our Ouija board. Claire's not excited for the Ouija board. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to force Claire to, to fuck with the Ouija board, and I'm pretty excited about it. One of my friends was like, you have to do like a cleansing afterwards, and I was like, I fucking bet. Are you going to be so mad at me if, if, like, if I get if haunted I into some fucking spirits up in here? Yes. That would, that would suck. Okay, spirits in here, just please don't get too mad at Claire. It is my idea. Uh, so just latch on to me. Do you think, do you think like, when you're haunted, it's, like, it's like specifically the place? Or do you think ghosts can latch on to things? Um, I think both, both happen. Yeah. Right? Isn't it, I want to say it's last podcast on the left where they talk about... We love, we yeah. stand. <laughs> like, there's the ghosts in a place who like mm-hmm. act out the same thing and then there's like the evil spirits who inhabit an object mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm definitely more into the place ghosts i am too it's easier to fathom yeah. i think it's easier to understand a haunting of a place well but this is all for another time because we're definitely going to focus on ghosts another time because ugh, we both love ghost stories but today we're focusing us on something a little more tangible a little more maybe boring i would say but we're gonna we're gonna gonna, enjoy this boring hey listeners enjoy this boring ass episode no we're talking about obituaries um when we first like brainstorming ideas for this uh podcast this was on the top of our list and then i realized as i was like doing some research i was like this is not very exciting (laughs) but no we're gonna make it very exciting um the first thing i did was sort of look up like history of obituaries and it's like pretty much obviously like as you would think like tale as old as time situation it's like from like I I found like very Eurocentric explanations of it which duh like but it's all it's all like town crier shit it's like here you hear you like old man Thomas has died in his bed um but also like as far back as um I found the earliest obituaries dated back to Roman times so around 59 BC on like papyrus Yeah, and they have, like, examples of it, and it's just, like, really short-form examples of, like, who's died. But, of course, that was only, like, really important people. Mm. I feel like you wouldn't have, you know, if you were in 59 fucking B.C. in ancient Rome, and you you were just some, like, Joe the Plumber situation. Not gonna happen. You're not gonna get an obituary. And it sort of, it continued on like that. Until pretty recently, actually. Um, but what made it sort of what it is today, really, was in, um, in 1439. We have the printing press, baby. Oh, my God. Fucking Gutenberg. Yeah. Gutenberg. Johannes Gutenberg's printing press in uh, 1439. <laughs> and this is how like that information was published to the masses. And this is actually what, where we get the form of them from. Because you know how now... 
like the one the classic ones that like you think it's like the one I think of an obituary I think of like the shit my mom has clipped out on the fr- fridge my mom tells me she reads them every dude my day. mom my mom will go off on this in a moment but like so that's what I think but you know they're really short form they're like so and so born this date died this date in this hospital yeah and um, like they're survived by yeah they're survived by is the only thing and they're like worked at and then maybe there's like one colorful sentence it's like one thing it's like liked carbs Ooh. You're naughty. Yeah. And then everything else is just extremely short form. And that comes from the fact that these are all, it's like the printing press form sort of stuck. Very so that's cool. why it's sort of the traditional ones, the ones that we sort of see in newspapers and the like. But then it became um, really sort of like a more vital thing during the Civil War. This is uh, from a U.S. perspective. Uh, during the Civil War, it sort of became obituaries were how... Um, they kept track of who is dead because people in America were dying at such, like, vast rates, and the only way you could really keep track of it is by, like, looking in the obit. That's how, so people, like, your father, brother, son, whatever, was in the war, and that's how you sort of find out by your local newspaper. If you did, I imagine it was so wrong. Oh, like, they got inaccurate information? Yeah. Definitely. All the time. I always, I watch the, like, I fucking watch Game of Thrones, and you're watching all these people die, and you're like, surely, how do you keep track? And everyone gets so maimed. I don't know. (laughs) You can't, like, identify them? You can't fucking identify people. Um, Oh, and also, I should say, up top, the, the, the word obituary comes from the Latin root of obit, which means death. Yeah, obitus means going down death. Obitus. Obitus. That's yeah, it comes from that. So it's literally just, it's like the death section, which is exactly what it is. Yeah. Which is nice. Um but then later in um in the US and in England, um they sort of in the eighteen hundreds, it, it, it like obituary sort of blurred into this thing called death journal journalism. Um, where it's like if so if you died of like some sneaky or like mysterious cause and so the newspapers would go ham they'd be like oh my god miss miss o'neill was walking down the street and she got stabbed 80 times and it was a tragedy and they'll like write a million stories about that so it's like it's like original og true crime yeah so obituaries were like blurring it's like you know you know, they didn't have fucking uh, My Favorite Murder, Last Podcast on the Left. They had to read the obits exactly. to get their true crime fixies. <laughs> and that's it turned into, like, sort of, like... So that was still only, um... Famous rich, people? Well, famous people or people who died really brutally. So you would only... Your death would only get written up if you were, like... You were, like, killed in this horrific way or you were, like, rich and important. And if you were, like, poor and had a boring death, just, no. No. You're obit- gonna be forgotten. Exactly. You're go- or you're just not gonna get written up about. Yeah. Um, and then I found this interesting thing that says, during the 20th century, obituaries were written as poems. So, the fuck? Yeah. So I did I, not find any poems, but that's... that's yeah, I, I tried to find an example of it. I didn't really find any, but it, but I, I don't know if I like that, though. Oh, no, I think poems... Not gonna lie, kind of pretentious. Uh, Claire thinks all poems are pretentious. All poems, let it be known. Just as a as a whole, every single bit of poetry is so pretentious. Um, and then they were written by families originally, these obituaries. But then, sort of, the newspapers would start getting like paying people to be obituary writers, um, which is sort of what we see today. Mm-hmm. We see well, it's like, and now. But what I think is interesting is like you have this like huge. It's like obituaries can be the like bullet pointed thing, or it's like we think of like I, this popped up today, for example, like 
um, Anthony Bourdain's like extremely colorful like long article yeah well and I suppose that's mostly if they're famous though right mm-hmm. yeah so we still have that divide so we still have that like mm-hmm. if you're an average Joe you get like you're like a little square in the newspaper that's like two sentences about you and like five sentences about like where your funeral will be and like whether or not you it's could always just a big yeah. fucking address at the bottom it's so i was looking at some online and mm-hmm. so it's pretty much it's because you have to like pay for them what by the line by the inch if you're doing it in the paper well, yeah, in like a physical newspaper you pay for how big your ad is mm-hmm. Ad. That's so your ad. This is my death ad. It's what it is. It's literally a death ad. That's true. But fucking because like we have the internet, yay. Mm -hmm. Like people, we love it. We love the internet. People can have like really long ones who are just average Mm -hmm. Joes, and so I'll read a couple to you. Oh, do it, yeah. But also, I feel like you can equate that to like you go to cemeteries and you see these like huge fucking graves that are that are also just normal people. Who it's like in a lot of cultures they like spend it's like you you spend so much money on your like gravesite and you're not even necessarily a very rich person no. it's just like this is you save up your whole life so mm-hmm. you can have a fucking I was walking in I was I was I was in LA last week I was in LA <laughs> and I was walking through Hollywood Forever and Hollywood Forever has some crazy shit it's like a lot of like coliseums and these huge like full like busts of people mm-hmm. and like. A lot, most, like, there's, you got some famous people in Hollywood forever. You got a good amount of famous people there. But also, it's, like, just, like, the average people. And they have all, like, their faces, like, etched into it. And oh, I like, really don't like the face etching it's ones. It's scary. I mean, I, I think it's, like, I forget who does it most of the time. But it's, like, yeah, it looks very weird. And they never, no, they're never, like, young pictures. All the pictures are for, like, when they're old. If, if my face is going to be etched in my grave, I want to look hot. Or, like, the weird ones where it's their photo, like, kind of pasted on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, obviously it's, it's protected. like an etching sketch situation, but on your I really don't grave. like that. Yeah, but no, if, it's, if you're going to do a sketchy-ass photo on your sketchy-ass grave in sketchy-ass Hollywood, then you should make Use it a, a thirst. Photo? Yeah, make it a thirst trap. <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby. A you got to make thirst it thirst trap. Oh, my God. Yeah. I should do... Ugh. All my life, I've sort of just like thought I was just gonna ashes to ashes, dust to dust it at the end of my days. But goddamn, if I could do a thirst <laughs> trap grave, that's what I. Okay, not wow. This podcast changing the way I see my own death. <laughs> Certainly, great. Wait, read me some of these obits you found. Okay, so one of the ones I'll give you an average Joe, who like his just. It's definitely a long one, so I'll just read you bits of it. But I was like, shit, I don't know this guy, but I feel like I know this mm-hmm. guy now. All right. Raymond Allen Brownlee of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, died on September 21st, 2014 at the age of 82, but his larger-than-life persona and trademark stubbornness will not be forgotten. He despised canned cranberry sauce, (laughs) wearing shorts, cigarette butts in his driveway, oatmeal, loudmouth know-it-alls, Tabasco sauce, reality TV shows, and anything to do with the Kardashians. But Big Al had many loves, too. He loved his (laughs) wife. Agnes Bargo Brownlee, who preceded him in death in 1990. He also loved milkshakes, fried shrimp, the Steelers, the Playboy Channel. Very classy. Okay, he loves uh, his wife, then he loves Playboy. Silky's Gentleman's Club. <laughs> taking afternoon naps in his recliner, hanging out at the VFW, playing poker, eating jelly beans by the handful, and his hunting dogs, his favorite being Holly Hill Rip Van Winkle, a loyal beagle that answered to the name of Rip. <laughs> Big Al was world-renowned for his lack of patience, not holding back his opinions, and a knack for telling it like it is. He was highly proficient at cursing. 
He liked four-letter words just about as much as a four-wheel drive pickup trucks. I, I don't get that. That's is that it? That's incredible. No, no, there's oh, a bit. It goes, Wait, it goes on. Yeah, just. He, Go was, off. he was a connoisseur of banana cream pie and a firm <laughs> believer that ham sandwiches should only be served on Mancini's bread. He always told you the truth, even if it wasn't what you wanted to hear. He was generous to a fault, a pussycat at heart, and yet he sugarcoated absolutely nothing. His fondness of spaghetti westerns was only surpassed by his love of bacon, beer, and butter pecan ice cream. Ooh. He fondly reminisced about good friends, good drinks, and good times at the Tri-Valley Sportsman's Club in Burgettstown? Burgettstown. Uh, he was a longtime member of the Elks Club in McKee's Rocks, where he frequently bartended and generously donated his chips, his tips to tear, uh, his chips, his <laughs> tips to charity. I'm not having a stroke. He's had a stroke. Um, quite a teller of tales. Big Al's elaborate stories were often punctuated with the phrase, and that's when I kicked his ass. <laughs> he enjoyed outlaw country music. Waylon, Willie, Hank, Johnny. He was also on a first name basis with the four horsemen of liquor. Jack, Jim, Johnny, and Jose. Big Al had strong beliefs in which he never wavered. Dog shit makes the best garden fertilizer. Mm. Heinz ketchup does not belong on a hot dog. And the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation should be embarrassed of the never-ending construction detours and potholes on Route 28. He had a a lifelong menage a trois with his homemade chili and gas X. He had a great fondness for sardines on crackers, stuffed cabbage, which he lovingly called hunky hand grenades, making turtle soup, and eating BLTs. And so, the end of it invites okay, everyone a... for a mandatory shot in beer and beer in a final toast in Big Al's honor, the greatest dad in the world. That's incredible. What, what, what was it? Bacon, beers, and butternut pecan, baby. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. I'm Wait, like, what was the menage a trois he was in? His menage a trois with his homemade chili and gas eggs. That's an incredible line. <laughs> exactly. That's like such a good line i have a lot of admiration for whoever wrote this i'm assuming one of his children probably well so this was this is like straight up like in the paper no so i believe let me just double check this um i found it on legacy.com mm-hmm. shout out to legacy.com i know I, I found legacy.com and i got like into several black holes super super handy um but i'm pretty sure this is just published online oh, oh no wait published in pittsburgh post-gazette from september 24th to the 25th of 2014. Wow. They must have paid a lot they for that. They must have paid a lot, but, like, honestly, what? I mean, we're reading it now. Worth every it's penny. It's worth every penny. A constant menage a trois with his homemade chili and gas X is... Wow. That's poetry. I know you hate poetry, Claire, <laughs> but that's certainly poetic. Let's fucking... Wait. To Raymond Brownlee. To Raymond Brownlee. Wait. Boom. Hmm. I like that. Well, see, also, I was thinking while I was reading all these obituaries that sort of like we, since we live in this like social media age, that like you can write an obituary to someone, anyone can post uh, like an obituary to someone anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like we're all like, it's like you know, you'll have you'll know someone who dies, and like everyone, and people will post long things all about all them. about them, yeah. and and it's like the 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 blur of like eulogy or obituary, and it's like who is writing it? The family, like what makes it official? The like the official one in the newspapers, the ones that everyone is actually writing. The one that Online, sounds the best. The one that sounds the best. Yeah, but I guess that one was actually in the paper. That must have been expensive. I would spring for that. Oh, same. For something I would spring for that. I, that fucking cool. Yeah. Also, it's like, you know, the written word, baby, is the best way to remember someone. You can actually, like, clip that out, put it on your fridge. Mm-hmm. You can do what my mom does, where you can cut it straight out of the newspaper, and you can mail it to someone. 
Does she do my that? My mom does shit like that all... Well, my mom does it for anything. So my mom is, like, old school. If She's, like, we were growing up, some neighbor kid was in the paper. My mom would cut that, snip it out, put it in an envelope, send it to their mom and dad. Which is, like, so old school. That's so sweet, But though. she would do that. She Well, yeah, but she did it with obituaries, too. Would she send it to their family? She would cut them out and, like, like have them to mail and shit like that. <laughs> Can you imagine if someone sent you your your, your husband's obituary? Like, in case you forgot. You'd be like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> thanks, Maureen, for reminding me of my constant trauma and tragedy. I don't know. Every time I go home, there's another. My mom, always, she also puts them on our fridge. Our fridge is like an obituary section. She just has <laughs> just them Just to keep there. you up to date. That woman, ugh. She loves her obituaries. She loves her obituaries. I think it's like once you get to a certain age, you're like, wow, I actually know a good amount of people who are dying. Like, gotta keep up to date. She also is like a nurse and she like literally specializes in like helping older people in their homes. So it's a lot of her literal clients. Bullshit. Yeah. And I like won't know and I'll go home and be like, who's this? She'll be like, oh, I worked with him. And I'm like, okay. Uh, (laughs) Cool. You doing okay? Okay. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because, like, we were talking, my, my friend, my friend Circa, I posted online, I was like, oh, if anyone, go off if you have any fun facts about obituaries. My friend Circa posted that, she's in Dublin, and she's like, did you know that RIP.ie is the 27th most popular website in all of Ireland, which is higher than Amazon. That's fucking crazy. And it's such a stereotype. It's like, obviously my mom's not Irish, my mom's American, but it's, like, very much Irish-American, and, like, yeah. that bitch is upset. Dying. Wow. Wow, I can't believe I just called Maureen that bitch on a recording. We gotta scratch that. That beautiful <laughs> woman is so obsessed, is so obsessed with, like, oh, bitch. And I kind of am, too. I, when I, at my old job, my old shitty job, I would always, like, I would get, like, so bored of the same headlines, like, staring at a computer all day. I'd read, like, I would read the obituaries and the marriage sections, because the marriage sections are wild. Really? Yeah. Wait, in what paper? In the New York Times. New York, New York Times. Oh, yeah. There's some very crazy wedding announcements where it's like, she's been married 15 times, yeah. but she's found love now. Or, like, absolutely once a day in the marriage section of the New York Times, it's like, he's 72, and she's 20, like, like 24 years old, and they're met in a very legitimate way, and you're like, okay. <laughs> like, all right, okay, New York Times. Yeah. No, the New York Times, does, but imagine, like, that guy being like, yo, Post in the New York Times. Post our very legitimate marriage. Show our love. Show our love. You're yeah. not a gold digger. Not at all. Is... And we'll prove it by putting it in the New York Times. Little assholes at their jobs can be like, you don't have a real marriage. And I'm getting paid like $15 an hour. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So really jokes on them. The New York Times. Yeah, the New York Times. Looking Got them. Also, respect to gold diggers. I. Yeah. Nothing but admiration. I mean, you know, I dabble. <laughs> you know, I dabble. Okay, do you want to hear a really mean obituary? Yes. I fucking love a good mean obituary. I have two of them here. Okay, one of them is a daughter who was like, you know what? I'm just going to expose my father for who he was. Mm-hmm. Not a good person. Mm-hmm. Leslie Ray Popeye Charping was born in Gavelston on November 20th, 1942, and passed away on January 30th, 2017 which was 29 years younger than expected and much longer than he deserved. Ooh, girl, get it! Yep. <laughs> At a young age, Leslie quickly became a model example of bad parenting combined yes. with mental illness and a complete commitment to drinking, drugs, womanizing, 
and being generally offensive. <laughs> Complete commitment. I know. I love that. Leslie enlisted to serve in the Navy, but not so much in a brave and patriotic way, but more as part of a plea deal to escape sentencing on, crim on criminal charges. Mm. Leslie's hobbies include being abusive to his family, expediting trips to heaven for the beloved family pets, and fishing, <laughs> which he was less skilled with than the previously mentioned. Uh, Leslie's life served no other obvious purpose. He did not contribute to society or serve his community, and he possessed no redeeming qualities besides quick-witted sarcasm, which was amusing during his sober days. <laughs> With Leslie's passing, he will be missed only for what he never did, being a loving husband, father, and good friend. Leslie's passing proves that evil does, in fact, die, and oh, hopefully marks girl. a time of healing and safety for all. Jeez. So, like... Fair That's fucks to his honestly, daughter, who was like, I'm just going to be honest as You fuck. gotta. Also, what a what a therapeutic last laugh. I mean, obviously, it's like, he's probably did, like, un-like, movable damage. But, like, yeah. for her to then be cathartic. able to... It's cathartic as hell, and she got the last laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's the way, in, like, we were, like, just talking about with the last one, where we were like, oh, wow, it's like... The words like that's the best way to remember someone, and that's the best. It's like now it's like yeah, it's like and that's the way you fuck. That's the cherry on top of that terrible relationship. And yeah, one baby. Exactly, because I'm sure there are a lot of obituaries of kind of awful human beings, but it subscribes to the thing that we do too much, which is like, oh, someone's dead. I have to only talk about the good yeah. things. Yeah, and like I don't know if someone's abusive piece of shit. No, they don't yeah. deserve a nice obituary. Not at all. That's like. Did you hear that growing up all the time? Like, don't speak ill of the dead. It's Pretty like much. that, like, mentality of, like, oh, they're dead. Just let them be legends. It's like, no, that's how we sort of, like, perpetuate, perpetuate these yeah. bad people and why everyone sort of, it's like, everything gets brushed under the rug. Or even, not necessarily bad people, even people who are, like, middle of the road get, like, really, like, oh, they, they get, were like, so idolized. good. Yeah. They went to church four times, and they, uh, one time were kind to their wife, and, like, ugh, oh, what a guy. Like, that person deserves a boring-ass obituary. <laughs> oh, God, that's so... But, like, if... That is, that is truly hell. A bad obituary. A bad obituary. Even, oh, fuck even yeah. Even, like, that guy who's, like, abusive and is, like, we're still, you know, we're talking about like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, I found this thing on The Guardian mm -hmm. that was, like, obit speak. You, like, euphemism, you, euphemisms that used to be used in obituaries. Okay. His door was always open. was, like, code for he was a lush, as in, like, he slept around. Ooh. Or his, do his door was always open at any time of the day or night. Lush with an eye for the students. Tireless raconteur means he was a bore. Vivacious equals drunk. Vivacious. I love that. Next time I'm black out with you being like, Maggie, you're pretty vivacious. Too vivacious. Too vivacious. Um, he tended to become over-attached to certain ideas and theories. Fascist. Gave colorful accounts of his exploits means the person was a liar. She did not suffer fools gladly means she was a foul-tempered shrew. Oh my god. And then this is maybe my, I don't know, favorite, least favorite? It's Pride Month when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. Not when we're releasing it. Fun-loving bachelor with many male acquaintances, which means he was a guy who had gay sex in public toilets. That's so specific. Okay. I know. <laughs> what is it? A, uh... a fun-loving bachelor with many male acquaintances. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love... So, like, with these, like, secret terms, would they be put in by the obituary writers, or was it, like, just generally, what, like, known to everyone? It would be obituary writers would use them, and... I think it kind of depended people on your savvy, know. whether people would understand. Mm -hmm. And, like, I actually found, I was looking at some obituaries of people I know, and so, like, 
saying that someone died unexpectedly or suddenly is often code for they committed suicide or sorry they they died by suicide i heard one girl say once hey committed by suicide is not a great way to phrase it because it like implies that it's a crime Mm -hmm. but anyway so it's a way of uh just saying oh they killed themselves but without actually saying it Mm. and i was like oh that must have like stopped a while ago but like these are people who died in like the 20 teens yeah 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 and i think it's just like i was even just thinking about that because like i like unfortunately sort of like my re i used to read obituaries all the time when i had a boring job but then i was like you know i'm from where i'm from the opioid epidemic is sort of like raging mm-hmm. so every like month or few months uh, someone i know from high school will die and it's like this like sick thing to like go and you read their obituary and like you know like everyone it's like public knowledge that they died of some sort of like probably heroin overdose um, but, like, it'll be like, oh, they died suddenly, they died unexpectedly. Died suddenly or unexpectedly mm-hmm. is, like, yeah, it's always code for something that's sort of, like, shameful and you're trying to cover it yeah. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what you see all the time when I read Or the... seen as shameful, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, I read, I got into, like, I got into, like, a dark hole once of, like, people, like, to- talking about this topic. It's, like, how do you, how do you write an obituary when it's, like, the death itself was so culturally shameful and not that it actually is and that it should it shouldn't be but it's like when it's like suicide or some sort of like drug overdose Mm -hmm. we're trying to cover that up and i saw this one example of an obituary that was written by a mother of this young man who had died of a heroin overdose and in the obituary she was like he he struggled with an addiction and he succumbed to the addiction and it was heroin and i i want everyone to know because, yeah. like, that's how we both erase the stigma and people can get help. We're all just hiding behind this, like, he died suddenly shit. That's very true. Yeah, it's, like, unhelpful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you never... Yeah, that's interesting. He died suddenly. Hmm. Suddenly, unexpectedly. Um, sorry, you said, like, deaths that are seen as, like, shameful. There's a stigma attached to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously we're talking mostly about um addiction or suicide but immediately my mind thought of david carradine do you remember him Duh. he died by autoerotic asphyxiation oh yeah yes 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 this was like a long time well not long. yeah this, this was, was 2009 like... mm-hmm. so like a decade ago and i was like i wonder what they put in his obituary so the new york times reported um he was found dead on thursday in a hotel room in bangkok where he was filming a new movie he was 72 and lived in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. And the police are treating it as a suicide. Um, but I don't think... Oh, wait, no, they do report on it. I can confirm that we found his body naked, hanging in a closet. Wow. What is this? Is this an obituary or is this like a like news story? I think it's an obituary because it goes... On into his life. Yeah, but it is like... I feel like the lines are often sort of blurred yeah. between, like, death notice, obituary, how do you... Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember, it was, like, actually pretty much a year ago from when we're recording this, um, when, like, Kate Spade died, and then, um... Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, I, just, I already said his name. When he died, it's like, so they had, like, it was, like, days apart, right? Yeah. So they these back-to-back, like reporting on these people who had committed suicide who had these like empires behind them and then i remember the new york times also like doing all these articles on like suicide suicide prevention and in those cases like both of those very high profile suicides nothing was really hidden 
Yes. It's like we knew like when the news came out that they had both died, how they died, and like that it was a suicide, and it wasn't nothing was like, like shoved under the rug or anything like yeah. that. Well, somewhere. and part of it is the news cycle these days. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to hide that kind of thing unless you're mm-hmm. like I don't know the fucking royal family where it's like we can guard anything. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you I've written? They weren't technically obits, but death notices for so like basically when I used to work at fucking holler mummy pages what is that? it was like a parenting website in Ireland and so I'd write for them and I their truly, sister's site I thought, you're gonna talk, I thought you were going to talk about like mummies and I was like ooh this is one brand for <laughs> no no it was Irish. a fucking okay. <laughs> it was a glorified mommy blog mm-hmm. shout out to mummy pages um, love you mummy pages I hope you listen please subscribe <laughs> um, but Basically, whenever news broke, we would just try to write up something very fast, and then we would add to the story later on. Mm-hmm. So I remember typing up Kate Spades, because I was, like, one of the people who'd do that really fast. Mm-hmm. I remember typing up Kate Spades. I'm trying to remember if I did Anthony Bourdain's. That one would be rough. Yeah. I mean, not to say that one is rougher than the other, but I am. You, uh, I absolutely you're a big am. fan of Anthony I'm Bourdain. I'm a big fan of Bourdain. Yeah. But, um, and then in my most recent internship... There was a band called Hers that they died in a car crash when they were on the whole their... band. There were there were two guys okay. and their tour manager. Okay, sorry, that's not funny. I was like all of them. And you're like only two, and I'm like, oh, that's totally cool. <laughs> no, that's not a biggie. But basically, they died in a car crash, and I remember that was one of the stories I had to write about that day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not. I don't, it's one of those things where it's like, what counts as the obituary? Definitely what their parents write in that case, I feel like, because I'm just like a random person in New York being like, oh, this English band died. Yeah. And like, you know, you put in details about it, but it's not the same as a family member writing about it. Exactly. And then there's like the difference between a death notice and an obituary. And the obituary is sort of the like slightly more colorful one, even though that's not often when you see like... When you literally pick up a small town newspaper and you go to the obituary section, what those are really are, are death notices. Some of them feel like Mad Libs. Like yeah, you fill in the so... person's name, who they were married to, how many kids they had, what like religion they were, yeah. and it's just like piece it together. It's so also so weird. When my brother died, you you found his obituary. Yeah, I was like, God, is this gonna be chill if I find Maggie's brother's I walked obituary? in, I walked into studio, like plopped down, and Claire's like, I found your brother's obituary and I was like, what we were playing Jungle Pussy and I had to really <laughs> read my dead brother's obituary to the the tones of Jungle Pussy, which was great. Um but what one thing I remember about it is just well from just reading it right now, but I remember actually feeling this way when I was like twelve. It was like why do they have to list, like, they list, like, me and my parents, which, duh. But they're also, yeah. like, and his grandparents and his aunt and his other aunt. His who, great aunt. Yeah, they which is, like, aunt. they list my great fucking aunt who's, like, you know, also dead now, so whatever. But, and, and like, why, why would you have to list every, All like, the relatives. Yeah. I guess, okay, I'm thinking if it's, like, back in old times, it's probably so, like, you your see clan. them on the street, you can, like, tip oh. your hat to them and be, like... Sorry, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, shit, I didn't realize they were related. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I guess I was an angry teen, and I was well, like, why are you is my brother's I'm, I'm more important than you, great aunt. I was like, I was like oh, you don't need to be here. Or I'm just so, I'm so thirsty for stage time that I'm like, <laughs> um, <laughs> she doesn't need to be written up in this. <laughs> I do. But I feel like it's interesting now. It's like, so we used to have this, like, 
blatant. It's like if you were rich and powerful, you got an obituary, and if you were not, you got nothing. And now we sort of have this thing. It's like if you are rich and important, you get these flowery obituaries, these like pre-written. Like, oh yeah, people yeah. write them in advance. That's, like every that's major publication cool. has like people like writing and updating obituaries constantly. Um, I read this article about the obituary writer who was working on Elizabeth Taylor's obituary throughout the years died before Elizabeth Taylor. So it became that the has th- to suck. Oh my god. I mean, but that's I, that's just so that's so interesting to me. It's like so, and then by the time Elizabeth uh, Taylor did die, then like this guy who's been dead, like is the one credited for the obituary. Is that so weird? That's so it's so like strange. it's like Elizabeth Taylor's obituary, but it's like the like posthumous. Is that how you say that? Post posthumous. 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 It's we a hard word to, to say. say this. this posthumous. Posthumous. It's like his final post- writing. Oh my god. Post. I just posthumous like an asshole. Post hospitalus. Oh my god. Well, you know what. I'm gonna get the. Uh, we'll edit over it. It'll be like a really like clear a robot, like, like Siri voice, posthumous, posthumous, po- posthumous. I'm gonna get the robot okay, lady on it, Google to it. say it. Posthumous. Oh, she's, oh my god, she's just sexy. Oh my god. Okay, wait. Posthumous. I just, posthumous. 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 It's like it's very Scarlett Johansson and her. Do it one more time. <laughs> Do it one more time. Posthumous. <laughs> Did That's you get the sexy. ASMR tingles from that? We got the ASMR. I sorry, I'm just like so taken aback by how hot her voice is that I can't speak anymore. Um, but yeah, but like as I was saying, it's like so when you're like poor, or it's like the obituaries I read of my classmates who are like dying of heroin overdoses. It's like short, non like I like one colorful sentence, and the rest is like born here, went to school here, died here, worked here. Um, like survived by and then maybe like one that's like and they liked uh, root beer <laughs> and then the rest of it is just like bleh. and then it's like you have these like incredible obituaries that are like that professional obituary writers write yeah they're very cool but let's so like what is the answer to that just like every person who dies is supposed to get like a colorful obituary that's that's a whole different newspaper Oh my gosh, I would actually read that newspaper, though, because it's just a bunch of stories about people. Mm-hmm. You know what I used to do? I used to go to, um, I used the obituary section to get, I'm very bad at names in writing. When I'm writing characters' names. Oh my god, names. yeah. Okay, I love, so you would look at the obituaries and you'd use the names. Yeah. I would do the same thing, okay, I, I've had, like, several different jobs where I see a lot of people's names, and if I like a last name, I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a graveyard, that's another good place. Graveyards are fun, because then you get those names that are just, like, so old-timey that you're just yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, old-timey grave or, like, infant in Williamsburg? We'll never <laughs> know. That's sort of... That's so true. That's so true. Who would... Okay, but I, I was thinking about this also. The last obituary I, like, really really read and appreciated, I guess, was uh, when Sam Shepard died. Um, Patty Smith wrote his obituary. Oh, Yeah, sure. dude. It was in the New York Times. It was awesome. I, I, uh, hot take, I think Patty Smith is pretty overrated. Oh. Sorry, everyone. Everyone turns <laughs> on me. I'm canceled. Uh, no, I just, I, I like her music. She's cool as a figure. I just, like, read her books when I worked at a bookstore. She has just no sense of humor about herself at all. Really? She's literally all just, like, 
night, and then we smoked a cigarette in a diner, and we smoked 17 more cigarettes in a diner, and we talked about how we're artists, so we moved to Michigan, and it was all art and beautiful, and then we were <laughs> wild horses, and you're like, Patty Smith, like, you take shits, Patty Smith, and I know it. Like, come I on, and I I'm clued know in. it. Like, I, I'm, like, but anyway, but her obituary to Sam Shepard was incredible, because it was like, it was like a eulogy from your best friend, because that's what they were. They like wrote plays together. They were chilling together. Just kids. He's in a lot, and I think that's sort of the the best way to have someone who really knows you. Yeah, writing. and like someone who's not hiding their identity. It's like this is Patty Smith writing Sam Shepard's obituary. Yeah, I like that. Or like that one with like the daughter. It's like the daughter wrote that the one with the scathing one about her oh, dad. Oh yes. Oh wait, can I re- can I read you another yes, scathing one please. real quick? So fucking, like, it's the type of thing where I'm like, I'm glad I love my parents, but, you know, if I didn't, this is a great way to fuck them. What a good writing exercise, too, if you're ever mad at your parents. Just <laughs> just make a mean obituary. Just, just write a mean obituary and then accidentally email it to them. We're making it, <laughs> we're making it a 90s That's sitcom now. psychotic. I love it. Oops, Mom, I didn't mean to email you the obituary <laughs> I wrote about you that scathing. <laughs> Um, okay, quick question before mm-hmm, I dive into this. Mm-hmm. Do you ever make up eulogies in your head about people oh, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, constantly. Like, not not in a way where I'm like, I want them to die, but I'm like, they're so important to me. This is the kind of thing I would say about them or if they Or for me, I'm died. like, oh my god, I would write such a heartfelt obituary about you. <laughs> I am the star. Oh, absolutely. It's always, it's always like that. No, I do that constantly. And I feel bad about it sometimes after, and then I'm like, no, it's because I love them. Like... That's why I'm thinking about their death. Yeah, you're like walking around being like, ugh, the beautiful thing I would post if you die. (laughs) No, that's I think that's very real. And I think it'll resonate with our listeners. Fingers crossed. No, they're turning it off. Fuck you. Okay, this lady was apparently terrible. Kathleen Demlo. Kathleen Demlo was born on March 19th, 1938, to Joseph and Gertrude Schunk of Wabasso. Schunk. Schunk. She married Dennis Demlo at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. Pretty normal so far, Mm -hmm. right? All right. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo, and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents in Clements, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Schunk. She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. Oh my god, Gina and Jay need to chill. <laughs> so, I mean... You're on Kathleen's side here. I'm not on Kathleen's side. I just, like... She probably had a terrible marriage. She found an out. She got gone. That's true. And we now, don't know the full story. And now the world is a better... I mean... No. You know what? I don't know the story. Gina and Jay could be totally on par here, but it just, that feels like a lot. Is it because... I'm, I'm, ha- I'm truly only having a different reaction because she's a woman. Well, if and this was a man who was, like, left his family, I'd be like, kill him, castrate him, yep, fuck, that, the yeah. world's better off, bye, but it's a woman, and I'm like, we don't know her situation. <laughs> That's very possible. Well, like, and I definitely view this as different from the other one, because it was like, he was outright abusive. Yeah. Not excusing child abandonment, but... <laughs> yeah. You and I were really taking the stance. You know, I show abandonment. It's fine. Uh, Not that abusive. Endorse it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd abandon a child right now. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't. But yeah, I do. I'm not. 
I love a good mean-spirited obituary. Though. It's really fun. I do that. That feels. I was. I. I do often like what you just said. Like we'll talk. We'll think about what I would say or write about people I love. But I've never really done it in like an obituary eulogy sense about people I hate and now I'm absolutely going to and I'm gonna walk around being like if you're angry about something yeah. and be like fuck this person mm-hmm. this is what I would write about them I'm gonna write a me I'm gonna start a diary just called mean obituaries oh my god that could be such a fun wow mean a fun project That's a, that'd be a great project that'd be a good show just have everyone write an obituary for someone they hate or an Instagram just like oh wow we should start oh my god we should kick off mean this obituaries show with a mean obituaries Instagram people like will not listen to this absolutely and just think we're total assholes they'll be like why are Claire and Maggie just like writing mean obituaries that's awful <laughs> terrible people would, we, would it be about people who are already dead or would it be about people who we'd like to see die. I mean, I definitely <laughs> write one about Donald Trump. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, Claire, you got him. <laughs> Claire, you, Claire got him. Yep. Zing. Mm. Let it be known. What's today's date? It's <laughs> June 9th, 2019. Claire took down the president. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. I'll have you know. I love that. You got another obit? Uh, yeah. This one, it's another one of the long ones, but I'll just read some bits. So, this guy's name was Graham Mason. He was a journalist, um, and I want to just, like, start with, I'm going to start midway through. I'm mm-hmm. going to really turn the tables here. Okay. It's a fucking long-ass one. It can be found on the Telegraph if anyone wants to read the full thing. So, Graham Edward Mason was born on June 19th, 1942, in Cape Town, South Africa. He had been conceived on a sand dune, and to this, as a devotee of Lawrence Stern's Tristram Shandy, he oh. sometimes attributed his abrasive character. So basically, I'm a dick because I was conceived on a sand dune. Okay. That's, but everyone who's into astrology does that. <laughs> Every single person, you're like, it's, you're being an asshole, it's like, oh, I'm just a Gemini. So like... Shut up, I'm a double Gemini. <laughs> fucking... So it's like, for someone being like, I'm an asshole because I was so, like, conceived me on a sand dune, it's the <laughs> exact same thing as being like, I'm actually disloyal because I'm a double Gemini. <laughs> I don't okay. know anything about Geminis, I'm sorry, Claire. Oh no, it's fine, everyone hates us. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so Graham Mason, the journalist who has died at age 59, was in the 1980s the drunkest man in The Coach and Horses, the pub in Soho where, in the half century after the Second World War, a tragic comedy was played out nightly by its regulars. Oh, that's beautiful. So he's just like a barfly. Can you imagine your obituary like, being like, the drunkest man? Yeah, exactly. That's so okay. good. In one drinking binge, he went for nine days without food. At the, height of, at the height of his consumption, before he was frightened by epileptic, epileptic fits into cutting back, <laughs> he was managing two bottles of vodka a day. His face became his own description, that of a rotten choir boy. At lunchtime, he would walk through the door of the coach and horses, still trembling with hangover, his nose and ears blue, whatever the weather. On one cold day, he complained of the noise that the snow made as it landed on his bald head. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm going to start telling people they look like rotten choir boys. <laughs> it's such a good It's insult. so, you look like a rotten choir boy. That's so yeah. good. He's a bit about himself. We, ugh, we love some self-deprecation. Exactly. We love it. So pretty much after, like, after the lady he was living with died, who, by the way, apparently he, like... The lady he was living with? I know. And apparently he would wear her late husband's clothes because he didn't want to spend money on real clothes. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I you know, would that I could... So yeah, apparently he sat imprisoned by emphysema in his flat, 
with a cylinder of oxygen by his armchair and bottles of white wine by his elbow, yes. looking out over the Thames, still very angry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I know. That's cool. Do you think he, like, he sounds like he would read this and be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like, like the self-described rotten choir boy would read this, like, like description this of being down. a total piece of shit and be like, hell yeah. <laughs> that was me. That was me, That was buddy. truthful. I That's think there's, awesome. There's definitely a type of person, which I feel like if you're if you're a journalist, if you're someone who's like, I'm a seeker of truth or whatever. But like oh, yeah. they'd probably rather have a fucking you know oh, true like obituary. Yeah. Honest obituary rather than one of those like overly I don't know, glorifying ones. I feel like if I die clarify die young, write and like have someone write an honest obituary. I was actually I put on this document, I was like what would you want to be your obituary to be? That's that's good. Also, the, with the Patty Smith thing, it's like, who, who would you, you want, want to write, write it, it, and what would you want it to be? Yeah. I feel like if I died right now, there's like, I have several different answers for this. If I died right now, I'd want, like, my roommate Molly mm-hmm. to, like, be like, she never cleaned. <laughs> She's a piece of shit roommate. Like, we lived in a yeah. windowless basement. She did not graduate college on time. Like, I want it to be like... I thought you were about to reveal you didn't graduate college. And I was like, shit. I, I really nearly didn't. But you know what? College is useless. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what that's I've come to true. learn. You should... If you... Yeah. Don't go to college. It's silly. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, I want it to be this, like, sort of takedown. Be like, she was the drunkest woman at every The most night. vivacious woman. Vi- she was vivid. Yeah, make yes. it really fucking like euphemism. Yeah, really. Her door was always open. Her door was always open. She was vivacious. So that just means she's a big old drunk slut. Yeah, I love much. that. Yeah, just write it really euphemism. Yeah. So my family can be like, she was vivacious. Her door was always yeah, always open. open. I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't want my little sister to write mine. I feel like she would put in the right level of humor. Would you? Yeah. Would you want it to be? Um, funny. Sca- you'd want it to be funny. Yeah, of course. I, I wouldn't want it to be like, oh my god, Claire Martin was like the smartest, bravest, and I'm like, yes, I was, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. slash yeah, am, true. but that's boring to read. It is. Like, you read a lot of those where it's just like, they were the best person, but I like the ones where it's like, they give some color. Have you ever written one for real, like a eulogy or Like a, a eulogy? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have not written a eulogy. I've just written those, like, death notices or whatever. Mm-hmm. For the websites. I wrote my grandma's, I wrote and read my grandmother's eulogy. And it's sort of a, it was like, maybe this is fucked up, but it's like, was maybe one of the more, like, like the the things writing-wise I'm most proud of. That's, I don't know, I think that makes sense. I guess, it's like, because it's like, it's, it's, it's different than any other medium, because you both have to, like, sort of, like, write this good speech while, like, just being truthful about someone who you love yeah in this way and yeah and it like it's interesting but that like the difference between a eulogy and then no bit it's like that you also have to like that it has to be delivered delivered because like you hear about lots of people they might be performing performing they might be delivering a eulogy it's a performance but like lots of people don't get through it because you know they're crying crying and they're upset and that's what we call a hack claire (laughs) you're fucking hack if you can't get Finish a fucking eulogy. Can't finish a eulogy, you're a hack. <laughs> get back, hit the mics more, you gotta get better. <laughs> Come on. 
Can you imagine if someone's like, boo, like if you have to stop partway through? I've absolutely been at funerals and the person delivering the eulogy, it was poorly written and badly delivered. And I was like, I was gonna, I thought you were going to say, and I booed them. And I stood up and I said, you're terrible. There are some really awful eulogies. They're so bad because people err on the side of like being too nice about it. Mm-hmm. They're like, don't punch it up. everyone you're approaching this i know i do i'm like everyone if you're gonna write a eulogy you need to get a punch-up writer and i'm just saying i am available oh my god have a callback such a good side gig just be a punch-up writer for eulogies eulogies? that's on brand yeah but uh no it's like people are like air on the side of them being like and she was so great and you're like okay yeah exactly it's boring it's a mad libs eulogy and most of it's like okay she was a 90 year old white woman she couldn't have been that great like (laughs) She lived through a lot of terrible shit that she clearly probably was wasn't... Was complicit? Gr- yeah. But it was not the yeah. best during. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back to obituaries. Okay. <laughs> I have a great one of a famous person. Mm-hmm. Benedict Arnold. You know who he is. The traitor. You know him. You love him. No, Benny Arnold. Yeah, whatever. Actually, like in retrospect, I'm like, fuck America. Go Benedict Arnold. Well, but we're not like, go England. That's true. We don't like England at all. No one no one who speaks English is great. No one who speaks English is um, great. Anyway, mm-hmm. this is a perfect eulogy in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Died. In England, Brigadier General Benedict Arnold, notorious throughout the world. Like That's it? That's it. That's badass, actually. Yeah. Just like bitch was notorious. Just as notorious throughout the world. Yeah. That's a good grave, like thing it's oh, like a good epitaph your, yeah yeah Ooh, epitaph we even talked about that it's like your epitaph is like your log line it's like yeah. your tagline I, I just i fucking hate the epitaphs that a lot of them especially for women and i know men have it too where it's like it's who you are in relation to other people mm-hmm. beloved mother daughter sister all yeah. that shit well yeah i feel like that was everyone back in the day that's true but like it's the type of thing where it's like, I don't want to be defined by others. Exactly. <laughs> like, what's your epitaph going to say? Oh, God. I haven't even thought of that. Died farting. Died oh, no. farting. I just like, I fart a lot. Is that what you want? Because I can I don't, I don't actually. I'll, I'll make it happen. I probably want something. I want something pithy. Something that's. I like Maggie Craig, cold ass bitch. I like that. I do like vivacious with doors always open i've sort of i've become attached to that drunk slut your new fucking instagram my new instagram Bio. handle is open door no, what vivacious open door woman no. <laughs> uh, you're gonna get a lot of weird requests oh yeah just a bunch of people who are really into death speak yeah i'd love that i feel like we'd have a good time oh my god can i talk to you about some weird people yeah claire go off Okay, so I was looking, I was looking at different obituaries, and I found some from like people who were born in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But the more interesting part was the person who put them up. Mm-hmm. The it's on findagrave.com, and there is a user named Keith. What, findagrave.com. Yeah, findagrave.com. What so, is this for? If you can like type in someone, and you can they can you can locate their grave. Yeah, <gasps> and there's a similar one. I think I want to say it's Legacy or something has a similar thing, but um. This man, so he posted a couple different ones of, like, people in Wisconsin. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I was like, let me look at this user. Mm-hmm. And I fucking go to his bio. So, like, for perspective, I looked at the person who put up my my older sister's grave. 
and her bio was like this really beautifully written thing about like my mom used to show me like pictures of people who had like died and tell stories about them i'm so interested in storytelling and remembering people this guy motherfucking keith his bio is like telling people the rules of how to use findagrave.com so he's like unscrupulous contributors are moving their burial unknown to the correct cemetery based on upon my finding to the correct burial location consequently giving the appearance that i'm creating duplicate memorials and he just like fucking that's so male that's so male at one point he writes it's find a grave not find an obituary and i'm like keith who the fuck are you take a xanax keith he has added over sixteen thousand memorials do you think keith has a job i Honestly. Do you think it's paid for this? No. This is a no, hobby. No, this is definitely, like, something that people register for. So there's a possibility he even pays for this. But he has, like, 48, 48 followers on findagrave.com. And I'm like, I kind of want to catfish someone on findagrave.com. We should absolutely catfish someone on findagrave. Oh, my God. No, I mean, no. I'm, we're being, maybe we're being harsh. I feel like he's doing a service. But also, he needs, he's, he's being a real patty smith. He's being a real patty smith about it. He has the no sense of humor. Code for a douche. <laughs> You're being a real Patty Smith. No, we're gonna get hate. Oh yeah, people I fucking adore. No, I think I saw her on the street recently. Does she live here? I don't know. I think. I mean, I imagine she talks a big New York City game, so I would only hope she does. Uh, I saw her on the street, and she was actually on the yeah. train. If it was her, there are a lot cool. of like waifish old women <laughs> in the city. But Fair. I did Google: Is Patty Smith still alive? Because I. <laughs> second forgot my friend literally saw her twice in a week with her mom like like in last month yeah she was just at brooklyn steel yeah i'm sure i'm sure she's great her music is great i don't have anything like artistically really against it's her just i her just tude. think she could really stand to laugh at herself <laughs> that's just my i think a lot of people and could. just like this man keith fucking keith. so that's why he's being a real patty smith oh my god yeah he literally just like outlines the rules and i'm like that is your bio your bio is just like I. Wait, wait, am can the... we back up for a second? So you were talking about a woman who found your sister's grave. Yeah. Um. Just a second. Let me locate that. So, Madeline Martin didn't find her obituary, but I found Madeline Louise Martin. There's a lovely picture of her grave, which is oh my gosh, it's very Catholic. It's like Jesus oh and a lamb, and it says and Jesus set a child in the midst of them, which is like, I don't know. My parents love that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so my brother's my brother's epitaph is "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God." I fucking Catholic it's so man. Catholic. So this is also in find a grave. So perspective. Keith had his like shitty thing that definitely is like, I'm the person who cares so much about rules mm-hmm. in board games. Um, except it's in literal graves. It's... You have to be chill, Keith. Exactly. But so if you're already weird, don't be more weird. Yeah. So Bonita Isabella, first off, fucking beaten Keith at the game. She has added th- over 38,000 memorials yes. and her bio is like so nice. So it's like when I was young, my mother had a shoebox and a shirt size gift box full of photos that she kept in the linen closet. And so like they go through them and like she'd tell, she'd That's tell Isabella sweet. all about them. Yeah. And so like she kind of specializes in the graveyard cemetery where my sister's buried that's so interesting yeah and And then keith is just fucking out here like keith is just being you're ruining my work yeah but she does at the bottom so like apparently 
because people will like reach out about requests for transfers so like right she gives some instructions at the bottom about people who reach out to her because she's obviously like very involved but at least she starts with a bio where it's like i'm a fucking real person and yeah. i'm not a robot keith classic yeah i might try to message her you should we should we should talk to her yeah we should get her on the pod i'll try to talk to bonita isabella because yeah, I honestly was like, this is so sweet. And it was that just, like, sweet. strange to look it up and be like, oh, someone took a picture of my sister's grave. That's so... I guess it's good, because it's like, what's that thing? It's like, you're never really dead until people stop talking about you. Yeah. And it's like, if random strangers are taking photos of your sister's <laughs> grave, that's some sort of legacy, I guess? I don't know. I'm, I'm well, giving her the benefit of the I can also, that. like, picture it's probably helpful for, like, if I... If, like... There are Martin descendants who are like, oh, I need to know about family history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can look her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, you know, if there's a fucking world around then. Who knows? Who freaking knows? Mm. Uh, so Maggie. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to uh, hear an obituary about yourself? About myself? So this is- Do you look up someone with my name's obituary? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you- I love you. I love you so much. Okay, so this was like my favorite Maggie Crane I found. Well, We're Margaret many, Crane. You know, they're everyone who is dead is named Margaret Crane. It's like <laughs> the big, like every white woman who's died is named Margaret Kathleen Crane. I fucking found a dude with my name because I Claire? forgot Claire used to be a dude's name. Did it? Yeah. And then we got all weird about gender. I know. What the fuck? But so this lady, basically, she grew up around Kansas mm-hmm. and she was like, a substitute teacher, all this stuff. When did she die? She died uh, August 11th, 2018, so like less than a year ago. Or over a year ago. I'm filled with relief. There's one less Margaret Crane. <laughs> she can't you take, want to be the only. She can't take my Twitter handle. She was fucking... I'm sorry, how old was she? I'm trying to calculate her age now. She was born in 1923. So she was like nearly 95. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mazel. Great life. (laughs) She did it. Okay, so I found a really sweet part. So, Margaret was a homemaker and a perfect mother. We were so lucky to have had her waiting for us after school each day with snacks and excitement at what we had experienced. She instilled the love of classical music in her children, and the children instilled the love of rock and roll in her. Oh! Each day after school, there could be piano, accordion, drums, flute, or numerous other instruments being played in the living room. She loves a jam band. Exactly. Maggie Crane, she loves a jam band. (laughs) Margaret was born with a deep love of animals, especially cats. At age four, she found and carried home a homeless kitten, which became a lifelong addiction. She rescued and cared for numerous (laughs) animals. Addiction to kittens. (laughs) Hook them up to me. My name's Margaret Crane, and I'm addicted to kittens. Yeah, of course you are, bitch. Your name's Margaret Kaplan. Or Crane. She fucking, okay, so she rescued and cared for numerous animals over the years, including cats, birds, dogs, and even a couple Shetland ponies. Damn. At the age of 90, she adopted a stray that eventually became her closest companion until her death. Aww. She was a lifetime member of the Southeast Kansas Humane Society. Um, and there was actually, there's a really sad part where, like, basically in her last year's Uh, The physical limitations of her last days were disappointing to her. Not being able to see or hear well left enough left her in in a silent, sometimes lonely world where even simple conversation was difficult. She never complained, but would always revert back to the old saying, such is life. 
She met each difficulty with grace and dignity and even scripted her own peaceful passing. She'd always hoped she could go to sleep in her own bed in her beloved home of 70 years and then wake up in heaven. She received her wish, and we know she's rejoicing in her heavenly home with family and friends who've gone before. Um, so, yeah. That, I think that's an incredibly, like, sweet and pretty honest way to describe, like, hardship at end of life. Exactly, because like, I think a lot of people are like, look how old they got, like, yeah. good for them, when it's like, your last years might not be Yeah, and it's like, the you got difficult days there, and rather than just being like, yep, yeah, we're focusing on the long life lived, it's like, yeah, long life is hard. Mm. And I think that's sort of a, you know, it, it paints it in a nice light, but it, while being pretty open about how yeah. it's hard. All right, pour one out for Margaret Crane. Exactly, wait, cheers to Margaret Crane. Cheers to Margaret Crane. Late great. Mm. Want to hear about a guy who had gay orgies? Had gay orgies? Yeah. In his, in his obituary? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, he was yeah. like famous, though, so it's in the Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Count Gottfried von Bismarck. He's a count? He's okay. a count. Um, so he died on July 2nd, 2007, at age 44. Um, and he was a louche. I don't know what that means. A lush. No, L O U C H E. Oh, disreputable or sordid in a rakish or appealing way. Oh, you're word. a you big louche. Okay, he was a louche German aristocrat with a multifaceted history as a pleasure-seeking heroin addict, hell-raising alcoholic, flamboyant waster, and a reckless and extravagant host of homosexual orgies. Yes. Yeah. So, like, his... Wait, but this was written in tw- 2007. Yeah. So he died... Oh, he died in 2007. Yeah, oh. he died in 2007. <gasps> oh, wait, go on, go on. So, um... He he showed early promise as a brilliant scholar, but led an exotic life of gilded aimlessness that attracted the attention of, go- of the gossip columns from the moment he arrived in Oxford in 1983 and hosted a dinner at which the severed heads of two pigs were placed at either end of the table. That's some real shit. Yeah. Also, just gilded aimlessness is like a Gil- great yeah. place. That's very, that's, that's gotta be in an F. Scott Fitzgerald book somewhere. Yeah. Gilded aimlessness. And so, like... Also, great drag name. Wow. Gilded aimlessness? Yeah. That's Gilda, or, like, you could be Gilda aimlessness, something mm. like that. No, it, it's gotta be it's gilded. It's gotta be gilded. Um, so, when not clad in the later hosen of his homeland, he cultivated an air of sophisticated complexity by appearing in women's clothes, set off by lipstick and fishnet stockings. So he was just, like, he was fucking out there doing his he, thing. He, look... He was born rich, and he did his thing. Yeah. So, like... And we love that. Um, we love rich people doing their thing. Do no, th- no. No. we no. don't. But... I, I'm into this guy's mm-hmm. thing, which is just, like, gilded aimlessness. Gilded aimlessness, baby. As long as you're not harming anyone, have all the gilded aimlessness you That's want. kind of what I we're all aspiring to, right? Mm. Gilded aimlessness. Exactly. Um, let me... Like, this shit is so long. And so exciting, but... Alright. Although described personally as quiet and impeccably mannered, Von Bismarck continued to live high on the hog, hosting riotous all-night parties for his chiefly gay friends at his five five million pound flat off Sloan Square. It was at one such event in August last year that Von Bismarck encountered tragedy for a second time when one of his male guests fell 60 feet to his death from the roof of the garden. Oh my god. While von Bismarck was not arrested, he was questioned as a witness, and there were those who wondered, not perhaps without cause, whether he might be the victim of a family curse. Ooh! Also, you know, 
that that comes with the territory of throwing some oranges at your mansion. Someone's exactly. gonna fall down your gilded staircase, <laughs> and it's gonna be tragic. And that's just the price you pay for having impeccable orgies. Impeccable orgies. Impeccable orgies. The perfect orgy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just. I love so. He never married is one of the other code words oh, for, like, he gay. was gay. But, like, this whole thing is, like, outright about, like, you know, he never concealed his homosexuality. But I love, just as a fucking, you know, period at the end of the sentence, they end the article with, he never married. And I'm like, nice. It's like, yeah. It's a good, like, wink to, like, mm-hmm. obituary He was too busy past. throwing orgies. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't get married. Just a lot to organize. You can't, you can't organize a wedding on Gotta top of that. Gotta get all the condoms. I hope he had condoms. I was reading, also the New York Times is doing this thing now where they're like writing obituaries for people who died a long time ago. It's like no longer forgotten. Yeah, and people who weren't considered, because they had something shameful about them, they weren't, uh, they didn't receive an obituary. So Mm -hmm. Alan Turing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Because he was gay. Um, Or even just people who were like very important but then sort of died in sort of like nameless so the New York Times is doing this whole series, which I recommend everyone check out. In the obituary section, go to the obituary section. The, the hot section. Mm-hmm. The obituary section. Um, okay, this one, it's not necessarily the most interesting, but it's one that I think kind of ties in with, um, you know how you're like, oh, back in the day, if you were poor, you only really got an obituary if, like, something... something horrifically tragic happened to you. Exactly. And it was, like, some tragedy porn shit. Yeah. So this guy had a very strange death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferdinand Damitz, uh, born 1837, died uh, in 1900. So a Seneca farmer meets his death, impaled on a sharp stick in his haystack, mm-hmm. or hayrack, and dies before medical assistance arrives. So Ferdinand Damitz, a well-to-do farmer living about three and one-half miles from this city and the town of Seneca, met with an awful accident Friday morning, Dying from effects of his wound in sh- in a short time, so I'm just like that's fucking weird. Oof, yeah, and like also, that's that, the main that timeline. That timeline checks out so much with like the the like death news, the death journalism, or like exactly the, the yeah. tragedy porn. Yeah, and so that was in the Grand Rapids Tribune. Um, all right, let's start. The other one I'll share with you mm-hmm. is one that a guy wrote himself. Oh, that's cool. And then he, like, had them submit that? Yeah. Would you do that? Um, no. I think I'd want someone else to write it. That's It's like whenever I always, me and my roommate, whenever we have to write, you know in applications for, like, residencies and stuff, you have to write, like, about yourself? Oh, you so, have your roommate so do me, it for you? Yeah, we sometimes, like, swap off, like. And it's easier, it's like, easier to write about someone I'm else. I'm so, I, I'd be like. I'm actually the, the worst. You shouldn't hire me or have me. Yeah. But, but when you have someone like your friends would do it, it's better. Exactly. But that's so interesting. Yeah. So, uh, basically this guy, his name is Val Patterson. He was born in 1953. He died in 2012. And he died of throat cancer. Basically, he like writes about his life, you know, kind of like the usual details you'd expect. And he goes, now that I have gone to my reward, I have confessions and things I should say now. As it turns out, I am the guy who stole the safe from the Motor View drive-in back in June 1971. I could have left that unsaid, but I wanted to get that off my chest. Also, I am not a PhD. What (laughs) happened was that the day I went to pay off my college student loan at the U of U, 
the girl working there put my receipt into the wrong stack, and two weeks later, a PhD diploma came in the mail. I didn't even graduate. I only had about three years of college credit. In fact, I never did even learn what the letters PhD even stood for. For all of the electronic engineers I have worked with, I'm sorry, but you have to admit my designs always worked very well <gasps> and were well engineered, and I always made you laugh at work. Now to that really mean park ranger. After all, it was me that rolled those rocks into your geyser and ruined it. I did notice a few years later that you did get Old Faithful working again. To Disneyland, you can no now throw away that Band for Life file you have on me. I'm not a problem anymore. And SeaWorld San Diego, you too if you read this. That's incredible. This yeah. man is a legend. I know. And then it like And he got the last word. Yeah, and it ends on like a really sweet note where he's like, My regret is that I felt invincible when young and smoked cigarettes when I knew they were bad for me. Now to make it worse, I've robbed my beloved Mary Jane of a decade or more of the two of us growing old together and laughing at all the thousands of simple things that we have come to enjoy oh. and fill our lives with such happy words and moments. And I'm like, oh. oh, I know. Writing your own is a power play. Oh, it That's definitely is. That's such a power play. You're but you like, also, yeah, bitches. you have to be a good writer. That, like, oh, very true. Also, you have to be, this guy seems like he's a really decent dude with like a very interesting life. Yeah, you have to be interesting, self-deprecating as well. Mm -hmm, you can't just be mm -hmm. like, oh, I was the best person ever. I love that he was a PhD accidentally. That's mm. my favorite thing. Exactly. But yeah, that's Val that's Patterson. the That's the stance of the podcast. Don't go to college, fake your PhD. Yeah, have your receipt put in the wrong pile. Exactly. Flirt, flirt with the girl a little bit, have the receipt put in the <laughs> wrong one, off you go. You're a PhD, baby. Just takes basic human kindness to get a PhD, it turns out. Pretty much. That's beautiful. That's a good one to end on. Yeah. Because that's like, ugh. Val, Val, get, like, let's, Val Patterson, for one Val Patterson. We, Val Patterson of Val Salt Patterson, Lake City. Yep, beautiful a bit. Mm. Yeah, that was fun. That was a, that was good. See, we I started out like really being like this is boring, and now, and now we love obituaries. Definitely, definitely. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time from Deadbeat. We just we just changed the name of it, so that's why we're like, what is this podcast called? All right, I'm Maggie. I'm Claire. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Don't die. <laughs>